Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so we're continuing our discourse this morning on becoming better. Praise the Lord. Remember, it's still our better days. God's word to us for the year 2024. He said, Our better days are here. He said, Our better days are here. And just like we said a couple of weeks ago, the Bible says, If a trumpet makes an uncertain sound, it says, No one will call himself to battle. And what that simply means is that every time God gives a word and a promise, it is very important we know how to actualize that prophetic word in our lives. It is not enough to celebrate what God has said. It is much more important for you to find out from God's word how to walk in the reality of that which he has promised. And in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about different areas of our lives in which we need to become better in order for us to walk in the reality of the promised better days. We've spoken about how to become better spiritually, how to become better financially. And this morning, I want to zero in on decision making, how to become better in decision making, how to become better or becoming better in decision making. And I want us to read from Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 to 24. Luke chapter 15, we're looking into the book of Luke. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 24. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to verse 24. I want us to read it all together in concert. Are we ready? If you're ready, say loud, amen. amen. Okay, everybody's not ready. If you're ready, say loud, amen. amen. All right, that sounds more like it. Are we ready? Yes, Let's go. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. And took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to field swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the ox that the swine did eat. And no man gave him. And when he came to himself... He said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring either the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. It was lost and is found and they began to be merry. May the Lord bless reading of his words in Jesus' name. In this passage of scripture, I want us to notice something about the life of this guy. Now, um, if you read the scripture, you'll notice that the Bible never referred to him as a prodigal son. 
But theologians, especially if you use a reference Bible, you will realize that in this part, right, um, they wrote it as the prodigal son. You see, and the reason why it was referred to as a prodigal son was because of his decisions. This passage of scripture, especially the life of the younger brother, because when you read further down, you see what happened, you know, and the response of the older brother. So what this passage of the Bible really talks about, right, is the decision of a man. And how the person, how that man eventually turned out. So you see this guy making different decisions, you see, in his life. He started out by making a right decision, then he made a wrong decision, then he made the right decisions. You see, he started out by asking his father for his inheritance. Now, many people have said it was wrong for him to ask for his inheritance. No, it wasn't. Because you and I need to understand that this passage of scripture is a pictorial representation of the average believer. Right? Many believers are like the older brother. Whom God has promised a lot of things, but they never place a demand on what God, what God has made available to them. So the problem was not that the younger brother asked for his inheritance. The problem began when the Bible says after a couple of days, he took his substance and went to a far country. That was his first mistake. That was the first wrong decision. He disconnected from the source of the blessing. Let me tell you this. Every time you disconnect from the channel through which God used to bring certain things into your life, eventually the flow of that thing will stop. It may not stop immediately, but it will stop eventually. Why? Because the source is always the sustainer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I often marvel at believers. After they have experienced a measure of testimony and breakthrough and success, all of a sudden they disconnect from God. Their prayer life reduces. Their commitment to God knows dives. Oftentimes a demonstration of ignorance because whatever God has done in your life right now is the least of what God wants to do. Because in Proverbs 4 and verse 18, the Bible says the path of a just man is as a shining light and it shines more and more onto the perfect day. So whatever it is that he has done, there is still more in store. But what many people do is after they have experienced a measure of comfort and success, all of a sudden they begin to give excuses. And the amazing thing is they now use what God has blessed them with for the excuse. So why didn't you show up, you know, at prayer meeting, in church, in whatever? They say, oh, you know, my car, the flat tire. But before you will show up in church when you didn't have a car. But now because there is a flat tire, you have to make sure you fix the flat tire on a Sunday morning. Question, if you have a flat tire on a Monday morning, will you tell your boss I'm not coming to work? Think about it. So the guy started making wrong decisions. After he got to where he was going, the Bible says he spent all. Another wrong decision. Another wrong financial decision. After he spent all, the Bible says that he joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed swine. And he got to a point that the only desire he now had was to eat pig's food. But the Bible says the time came in his life that he came to himself. Right decision. He came to himself. He has been going to every other person. But the day came he had an appointment with himself. The Bible says he said to himself, I will arise. I will go to my father. I will say this. I will say that. You know. And the Bible says eventually he arose and he went to his father. Right decision. So the fact that you start out in life making wrong decisions does not mean you should end your life with the consequences of those decisions. You can start out in life having made wrong decisions, but you can end your life making right decisions. And that's what this discourse is about this morning. 
I won't be able to finish it, so I'll definitely continue on Thursday. And by the way, I believe we all know that midweek recharge is now on Thursday and no longer on Wednesdays. All right. So if you show up in church on Wednesday, you're going to have a party with the angels. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I want us to understand that this year will turn out according to your decisions, not your desires. This year, 2024, your life as an individual, your family, your business, your career, is not going to turn out according to your desires. Everybody has a good desire or a commendable desire, I assume. If you ask the average person, what do you desire from this year? You'll be amazed at what people desire. In fact, you may think you don't have a good enough desire. You may begin to change your own desire. But you see, the year will not turn out according to your desires. The year will turn out according to your decisions. Your life and your destiny will not turn out according to your desires. It will turn out according to your decisions. A woman said to her son, they went for a circus show. You know, many years ago I read this. And this boy, you know, seeing all the shows, wanted to participate in, you know, some of the circus shows. But they just couldn't afford it, a black woman. And you see, there were several things the boy wanted to do. Wanted to enjoy the show, but they just couldn't afford it. And the boy started crying. And went to the mom. This was at a time when, you know, women were not allowed to walk, you know. And um, the boy looked at the mom and said, mom, why are we so poor? And the woman looked at her son and said, son, we are not poor before, because of God. Neither are we poor because our skin is black. We are poor because your father has never decided to be anything else. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Could it be that the reason you are where you are today is because you have not desired to be anything else? Or better still, you have not decided to be anything else. Because in life, you turn out according to your decisions. You turn out according to your decisions. In Proverbs 16 and verse 25, same thing is repeated in Proverbs 14 and verse 12. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. When many people are making their decisions, it always looks right to them in the immediate. But you see, there is something called back from the future thinking, right? One of the ways to know if you are making a right decision is to engage in what is called back from the future thinking. That is, you do a mental travel into the future. And you think about the decisions you are making right now. That if I keep walking along this path, where am I going to end up in the next week, 65 days? In the next two years? In the next five years? In the next ten years? Because friends, let me tell you something. Where you are today is as a result of the decisions you made yesterday. If you are to think in the next maybe 60 seconds, I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about it. Where were you 10 years ago? You know, there was a time, I think maybe like two or three years ago, that there was something called 10 years challenge. And people were posting their past and their present. Just think about it. Let's say we are doing a 10 years challenge now, a mental 10 years challenge. Where were you? What were you like? The question is, who are you now? The difference between 10 years ago and now is your decisions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The difference between who you were back then and who you are right now is in your decisions. I want us to realize that nothing really happens suddenly. Everything that you think happens suddenly, they don't happen suddenly. Everything that has happened in your life happened as a result of your decisions. Everything happened as a result of your decisions. Everything good, everything bad, it happened as a result of your decisions. Can we celebrate Mr. Shea's Sachs this morning? Thank you for coming. God bless you. 
So the question you now need to begin to ask yourself is this. Who am I today and who do I want to become in the next 10 years? Because 10 years is not very far. 5 years is not very far. It may seem to be very far, but trust me, it is not. People usually don't ask themselves this question. So it is, um, if I'm correct, today is the 11th, right? Is it the 11th? Yeah. The 11th, Sunday 11th, February 2024. The question is, on the 11th of February, 2034, where will you be? Much more importantly, who will you be? Who will you be? Who will you be? Don't think far. You will be your decisions. You will be your decisions. And you know the amazing thing is, you cannot not make decisions. You cannot say, oh, I'm not going to make decisions. Not to make decision is a decision. So every single day from the moment you wake up, you are making decisions. Whether you choose to stay late in bed, whether you choose to wake up earlier, every single day as you blink your eyes open, you are making decisions. From the, from the moment you wake up to the moment you sleep off, you are making decisions. Do you know how many decisions you've made today? The clothes you are wearing is a decision. It may be an unconscious decision, but it's a decision. Whether you took your bath or not. If you didn't take your bath, God help the person you are sitting next to. You know, it's a decision. <laughs> if you brush your teeth or you didn't brush it, it's a decision. If you, ask, if you have savings and you don't, it's a decision. I hear what I'm saying. If you are saved, born again, or you are not, it's a decision. And I'm going to say something to us this morning that I want our minds to be receptive. Because if you pay attention to these things I'm going to be sharing today and I'm going to be concluding on Thursday, your life is not going to remain the same. Your life is not going to remain the same. Your life is not going to remain the same. Let me start out by saying that your life will either be driven by decisions or emotions. Your life will either be driven by decisions or emotions. Your emotion, another word for emotion is feelings. Many of the things that will change your life, you will never feel like doing those things. Have you noticed? It is the things that changes people's life that they don't feel like doing. That's why you really don't feel like praying all the time. You really don't feel like walking. You know, there was a statement many years ago, I think it's still a statement, popular statement, that if you are following your passion, your work will not feel like work. It's a lie. It's serious calm. <laughs> if that work is going to work, you will work. Yes or yes? Uh-huh. Even if you are doing what you love, a time will come when you will feel exhausted doing it. Feel exhausted. In fact, that's what will let you know that you are working. Anything you call work that you don't feel tired doing, right? It doesn't take your time, does not take your energy, does not take your resources. It's not work, it's hobby. Because anything that is work must be done consistently. Am I making sense this morning? Alright. So your life will either be driven by your decisions or by your emotions. Failure is a decision. Success is also a decision. To be blessed is a decision. To be cursed is a decision. What does it mean to be blessed? To be blessed is for a man to be at a point in their lives where everything is working in their favor. 
when an unseen force is partnering with you to make things work to be caused is for a man to be at a position in life where some forces are also partnering with the person for nothing to work in their hands let me tell you this it is not a normal thing for you to be failing and failing at everything you are doing that's a sign of a cost and you know the amazing thing is cost people don't admit their cost because the day a man discovers that he's operating under a cost his deliverance has started that's the beginning of deliverance deliverance does not start when you fall down deliverance starts when you realize you need a deliverance have you seen a madman that believes he's a madman the moment he admits he's a madman he's already getting healed a madman will see other normal people and say ah, hey, one way. they see mad people the moment he realizes ah, I'm a madman he's already getting healed so failure is a decision success is also a decision the Bible tells us about a man by the name of Jabez. His mother said, I bore him in sorrow and named him Jabez. But the Bible tells us about this guy in 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9 and 10. The Bible says he was more honorable than his brethren. In spite and regardless of the circumstances of his birth, he decided to turn out differently. He decided. A man by the name of Reuben. Reuben was supposed to, as a twig, be the carrier of the double portion of the blessing that was upon Jacob. But you know what? He received a curse. Why? Because of his decisions. He decided to sleep with his father's babe. And the father pretended like he did not see it. And on the day he was supposed to bless his children, he said, Reuben, my firstborn, the excellency of my strength, you shall not exhale. You shall not. And until generations later, when Moses reversed that cost, Reuben was dying now because a cause sometimes does not take effect immediately. The same way sometimes a blessing also does not take effect immediately. So friends, realize you are who you are today and you are where you are today because of your decisions. Everyone you see, everyone seated in this auditorium right now and everyone connected online is an embodiment of decisions. Everybody. Including the man speaking to you this morning. Every one of us, we are an aggregate of our decisions. An aggregate. Who you have become is as a result of the decisions you have made. You cannot separate your life. You cannot separate how 2024 is going to turn out from your decisions. Thank God for prophetic declarations. Thank God for prayers. Thank God for fasting. But your decisions can nullify all those things. And you're going to see that very shortly. Your decision can nullify anything in your life. You see, if God decides to bless a man and the man decides to be cursed, God can change it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And if a man decides that 2024 and the next 10 years or the rest of my life is going to turn out differently, let me tell you this, even God will not be able to stop it. Remember in Genesis chapter 11, the Bible says the people gathered and they decided to build a tower. It's what we call a skyscraper today. The Bible says who stopped was going to reach into the heavens. And that was not God's plan for mankind at that time. God wanted man to spread all over the nations of the earth. But they didn't want to spread. They wanted to go vertical. And God wanted man to go horizontal. So God himself said, this thing they have imagined to do, that is this thing they have decided to do. And we will not be able to stop them. God himself said that. We will not be able to. Will not be able to. What God stopped in Genesis 11, has man not continued to now? Do you know how many skyscrapers? <laughs> you think Burj Khalifa is the tallest? 
other buildings are already coming up in that same Middle East that will dwarf both Khalifa. Because whatever man decides to do, even God cannot stop it. Cannot stop it. So the question is, what decisions are you making? The next thing I want us to understand about decision is this. Your decision is more powerful than God's plan for your life. Your decision is more powerful than God's plan for your life. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 to 4. The Bible makes us to understand that one of God's plan for mankind is for all men, not most, not some. He says, for all men, he says, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? This is God's plan for every man. Why is it that everybody is not saved? Because everybody has not decided to be saved. Some people have had the gospel, but they say, you know what? I don't care about this Jesus. Uh, to hell with you and your Jesus. And God said, fine, if there is hell you want to go, why not? Who am I to stop you? Some people have been saved, but they have not come to the knowledge of the truth. And God can't stop it because they have decided not to know the truth. You know, some people would rather go to magicians in the name of prophets than to sit down and learn about how God's word works, how the world works. Some people would rather someone does something for them, make some things for them and tell them when you wake up in the morning, knock it on your head three times. <laughs> Bringing abalism into Christianity. Please note, God did not say he wants just all men to be saved. He says he wants them to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is, God wants everyone to know him, right, by themselves. But everybody is not going to decide to do that. And if you choose not to, God is not going to do anything about it. So God can have great plans for your life. But guess what? Your decisions are greater than his plans. Isn't that amazing? It is by your decisions that you become anything. That's another thing you need to note. It is by your decisions that you become anything. Oh, you want to become this. You have goals. You have plans. You have some things in your bucket list. In 10 years time, I want to do this. In 5 years time, I want to do this. In the year 2024, I want to do this. Fantastic. The only way that thing is going to happen is by your decisions. To become a rich man is by your decision. To become a failure is by your decision. To become successful is by your decision. Your decision is stronger also than your potentials. Have you seen so many people who have potentials and yet they have turned out badly in life? How of us have seen talented people? You can see this person is so talented. Why is this person struggling? His decision. Potential is what God gives you. What you do with the potential is your choice. There's way every one of us seated here, there is a gifting. There is something that comes to you naturally. Everybody has been blessed. Every, you see, in the story of the talents, the parable of the talent, the Bible makes us to understand that a particular guy was given five talents, another two, another one, but everyone was given. It says according to their several ability. There was no one that was given nothing. Everybody was given something. So sit that here this morning. Everybody see. And you know what potential is? What potential means? Potential simply means what you can become, not what you are. What can be that has not yet been? So your decisions are greater than your potential. So when people talk about the potential, it's fantastic. Say, discover your potential. I believe it. But if you discover your potential and you decide to do nothing with it, your potential can even become your source, your, your source of frustration. But next, your decision is stronger than your prophecies and predestination. 
Mm. Your decision is stronger than your prophecies and predestination. Thank God for prophecies. Thank God for predestination. Thank God for God's plan and purposes for our lives. But your decisions are stronger than those things. Jonathan walked up to David when David was about to escape, you know, the assassination attempt on his life. Jonathan walked up to David and said, I know that you are going to be king in the place of my father. That's predestination. He knew that. He said, and I know that I will be next to you when you sit on the throne. Did that happen? It never happened. Never happened. Jonathan himself, he knew what God had planned. He knew the prophecy. He knew that Samuel came to the house of David, anointed David as king. And Jonathan said, I know what God has said, but you know what? As you sit on that throne, I will be your next in command. But you know why Jonathan never became that? Because of his decision to follow a man that God has left. He knew David was the anointed king. But yet, because of his emotion, that's what I said earlier, your life will be driven by your decisions or emotion. But because of his emotion, he decided to go with his father and he died a miserable death. The man that should have been next to the king died and God could do nothing about it. When they were about to kill him on the battlefield, God doesn't say, ah, no, he has been predestinated though. Don't let the arrow, as the arrow is coming, the angels divert the arrow. No, he chose to be on that battlefield. He wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be there. So if God says you are going to be great and you decide to be small, guess what will happen? You will be very small. Very small. Very small. If God says you are going to be very wealthy, and you see, I've seen people that when they do things, when they create things, and I see it, I'm always like, ah, why is this person still struggling? They chose to. See, there is, God is so faithful that there is no one he has not given anything that can change their life. He always gives us things in seed form. I've seen people so talented. I've seen people so skilled. Not just talent now. Some people have turned their talent to skill. Haven't you seen people, you see, Afcon is going on right now, right? Hmm. I'm not in football. I don't watch football. But that's what it's called, right? Afcon. Uh-huh. You know, those guys are well paid, I assume. Are they well paid? Okay. But do you know how many footballers have ended up wretched? Huh? And some have turned out well and they were paid the same thing. In their playing days. They all have potentials. I'll never forget that picture for as long as I live. I think it's a couple of years ago. Maybe like six, seven years ago. I went to the first lady for an event. And while she was doing her thing, I sat at the corner and I saw this musician walking. And nobody even noticed he walked in. I'll never forget. If you are in my age bracket, this where they... <laughs> I don't want to mention names, but he was in a group. So him that has understanding, let him understand. He was in a group. Eventually the group splitted and he was one of the guys that was still famous in that group. They were the big guys. As it were, reinvented or should I say even created the hip-hop, Nigerian hip-hop or maybe Afrobeat as we know it today. Those guys started it. And this guy just walked into the hall alone. Nobody recognized him. Nobody noticed him. And I was just like, what happened? This is someone that 
Six years back, if he's going to enter that hall, there will be Mopo. There will be, that's why when I see many of the guys trending now, I'm not tripped by those things. If you've seen the things I've seen in life, certain things won't trip you anymore. You can be trending. That's why it is called trend. Trends don't last. That's why those of you that build your life on trend, you want to do wedding, your wedding must trend. After your wedding trend, next weekend, another wedding will trend. After your party trends, and as your, another one is trending, they are forgotten your own. If you like, be in debt for the trend. Because those things don't last. The most important thing is are the decisions you are making. So thank God for what is happening now. But you better make better decisions that will help you sustain those things. I'm not. <laughs> Many of us don't even know who that, who that is. We know Solomon, right? Even people that are not believers know one Solomon. That there was one Solomon. We should never have known who Solomon was. That should have been the position of Amnon. But you know what happened? Amnon was destined to be the heir of David. But for a wrong decision, one day he just felt, he felt honey. And he had a friend who was also his cousin, Jonadab. And that one gave him the strategy on how to rape Tamar, his half-sister. And the Bible says, after he had released, he hated her. So for you to know it was an emotion. Emotions that don't last. And as a result of that, the brother of Tamar, Absalom, planned his assassination for two years. He thought he had escaped the consequence of that decision. He was he enjoying his life? They invited him for party and he went and he was eating. He had forgotten. Because most times when you make your decisions, after the moment of decision is gone, the consequences remain. Lost his life. Lost the throne. Why? Because your decisions are stronger than your predestination. You may be predestined to become the greatest president Nigeria ever had. But it's your decision that will get you there or you may never see it. You may even never have a party ticket by your decisions. Also understand that your decision is stronger than your background. I don't care where you came from. I don't care how impoverished your parents were or how illiterate they were. <laughs> Anybody can change their life. You cannot be giving your parents as an excuse or your background once you become an adult. You can't do that. You can't do that. I've seen people that wrote Waek, and I'm telling you what I know. Someone who wrote Waek, you know Waek is different from GCE. Waek means you will go to school and wear uniform. So for you to get the picture, a woman in Ibadan wrote Waek and passed at the age of 70. Because she made up her mind, I will not die. Huh? As someone that doesn't have a Waek certificate. What I always tell people when they want to make a decision and they're like, ah, you know, this course I want to go for, it will take me two years. I always say to people, let me give you perspective. If you don't do it, two years will come and you will not have the certificate. If you decide to do it, you will go through the pain, but two years will come and go. The question is, after two years, will you be a certificate holder or a non-certification holder? It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. Your decisions are stronger than your background. David, I'm sorry, Joseph said in Genesis 41, I believe, verse 51. It's when he was going to name one of his sons, I think it's Manasseh or Ephraim, I can't remember. He said, the God that has made me to forget my father's house. Genesis 41 and verse 51. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn, yeah, Manasseh. He says, for God said he has made me forget all my toy and my father's house. 
You can decide to make decisions such that when people look at you and see your background, there will be no alignment. Say, eh? Is he the one? He cannot be the one. She is the one. He is the one. <laughs> Remember like that guy that Jesus healed. He said, he's the one. He said, he's not the one. They went to the parents. Is he the one? He said, go and ask him yourself. He said, I'm the one. I'm the one. Decisions. Decisions. But the difference is, the difference between successful and unsuccessful people, people who turn out well and people who don't turn out well is this. People who turn out well make conscious decisions. People who don't turn out well make unconscious decisions. You know, I said it earlier. That everybody is making decisions. Every day you are making decisions. The difference between who you will become in the next 10 years, if you will turn out well, is if your decisions, you are deliberate about your decisions. If you are deliberate about your decisions. If you are deliberate about your decisions. Critical decisions that will make your year and life better. I want to share with us maybe seven of it. Right? And we'll continue on Thursday. Have you been blessed this morning? Critical decisions you need to make. Number one. While the year is still in its infancy, the first decision I would encourage you to make, conscious decision, is decide to prioritize the leading of the spirit. Decide to prioritize the leading of the Holy Spirit. Ah, as a believer, you are wasting your destiny if you are not being led by the spirit of God. Seriously. You are wasting a leverage. One of the greatest advantage of your life as a believer. You are making decisions and you cannot say with confidence that God is the one telling me to do this. You want to choose who to marry, you are not sure it's God that's leading you. You want to go into a business, you are not sure it's God leading you. You want to move into a particular area, you are not sure it's God leading you. <laughs> you are just making a gamble with your life. And you know the thing about gamblers is that sometimes they win. Sometimes they lose. So when you win, you think ah, you are right, you are right, you think you are right. But you are not right, you were lucky. We're lucky. And you cannot live your life by luck. Because oftentimes in gambling, you end up the loser. That's why many people lose in life. Because they are gambling with destiny. Destiny is too precious to be gambled with. You hear what I said? Destiny is too precious to be gambled with. You have just one life. Just one. You are not Mario. There is no extra life. If you waste this life, you have wasted destiny and you are not coming back. There is nothing called reincarnation. The Bible says that after death is judgment. There is nothing like you, you come back as a goat. Uh, they will not be worshipping you in India. There is nothing like that. It is a scriptural. Psalms 32 and verse 8. The Bible says I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my own eye. God wants to lead us more than we want to be led. Trust me. Because you have not lived this year before. You have not lived this life before. And there is one person that knows your future more than you can remember your yesterday. There is only one being that knows your future more than you can remember your past. It's God. Remember with God there is no past, there is no present, there is no future. It is only in time that we have that. It's only in time. Everything lays bare before God. So there are decisions that you want to make. You think, uh, you cannot see the error in that decision. But God can see. You see, when Lot was going to leave Abraham, everything seemed right. The Bible says that when Lot was going to move to Sodom, 
right? The Bible says it was a well-watered garden. Everything was green. Beautiful place. Only did he, but he did not know that that same place was going to be destroyed years to come. Everything may look so right on the outside. But let me tell you this. When you are being led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell you everything may look right. It may not even give you details. I think I've told, I told us this last year, right? That every time that God tells you to do something, he doesn't have to explain himself to you. Just learn to obey. Just learn to follow. God will not explain himself to you every time. Oh, that the reason why I don't want you to do this is this. Or the reason why I'm telling you to do this is this. No, he doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. The Lord is my shepherd. A shepherd does not have to tell the sheep. The reason why I'm telling you to graze here is because of this. The shepherd knows where the pasture is. He just leads you. And if you are a sheep, you don't want to die of hunger or end up, end up being eaten by wolves. You better follow the leading of the shepherd. Just better follow. So decide. Maybe it has never been a priority to you in your life. Let this year be the, t- the start of that. Then I'm not going to make critical decisions in my life. Until I have a go ahead in my spirit. Until I can say of a certainty that God is leading me. And let me tell you something because some people too have been paralyzed when they hear things like, oh, God should lead you. And I say, oh, I've not had God. Let me give us a balance to it. When God is leading you, he will not give you 100% of the picture. But you will know. If you read the book or if you read the book that we read last month, the book of General to be led by the Spirit of God, you will never have 100% certainty. But at least you will have an assurance. When God was leading Abraham out of his father's house, right? Out of the horror of childish. He said in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. He says, get out of your father's house to a land that I will show you. Not to a land that I've shown you. So Abraham knew God was leading him. But he had not yet seen where he was going. But he took the step. You see, it's just like when you're traveling. You don't see your destination. But as you begin to move closer, your destination begins to unfold. That's what it means to live by faith. So in being led by the spirit, it doesn't mean you will have all the picture. But at least you will have an assurance in your heart that you're on the right track. So make up your mind. Decide to prioritize the leading of the spirit. And to do things God's way this year. Decide to do things God's way. Decide to do things the world's way. Not the world's way. There are many believers who are still doing things the world's way. They are Christians, but you can't really say they are Christians. The only day you know they are Christians is on Sunday morning. From Mondays to Saturdays, there is no difference. No difference. No difference. In fact, on Friday nights, oh, you even believe they are unsaved. The second decision you need to make, second critical decision, is to decide to make your relationship with God the most important relationship in your life. Make your relationship with God the most important relationship in your life. You see, God can play man. Man cannot play God. For every relationship you lose, God can restore. The only relationship in your life you cannot replace is your relationship with God. If a man walks out of your life, many better people can walk in to replace that person. If God walks out of your life, you are finished. It's just like Samson. Samson was misbehaving. God was warning him. He was misbehaving. He kept, the Bible says the day he evict, his decisions eventually caught up with him. The Bible says, and God left Samson. And he did not know God had left him. A man so powerful that a whole city could not hold down. A pretty chick held him. And they removed his eyes. Why? Because his relationship with God was not that important to him. Everything they told him not to do was the things he, were do, he was doing. 
I told him you are in Nazarene. There are certain things you must not do. Don't touch dead things. Don't drink wine. Don't do. He was doing everything. He just didn't care. That's why David said in Psalm 63 and verse 1. He says, Early will I seek you, O God. He says, My soul thirsts for you and my flesh longs for you. In a dry and a thirsty land. Where no water is, verse 2. He says, I want to see your glory and power. As I've seen it, I want to see it again. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You must decide that in this year, your relationship with God will be of priority to you. Number three, decide to take your spiritual disciplines more seriously. You know why the disciples were called disciples? Because they were disciplined. And I've always said it again and again, and this may come as a shock to many. Jesus never told us to go and save souls. He told us to go and make disciples. Even though you cannot be a disciple except your soul is saved. But for the most part, the church ends at salvation. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, go into the world and make disciples of all men. A disciple is someone that has certain disciplines. Certain regiments. Certain routines. Things they do on a daily and consistent basis. And if you're going to grow this year, if you're going to end up in a better place, you must take your spiritual discipline seriously. Spiritual disciplines are things that will never live your life. As long as you are alive and you are a Christian, there are certain things you will never outgrow. Certain things you will never outgrow. First of it is prayer. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. It says, call upon me and I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things you know not of. Call upon me and I will answer you. It means if you don't call upon me, I'm not going to do what? And say you. Prayer is man giving God a right to operate in the affairs of his life on the earth. Because the heaven is the, um, the, heaven is the Lord. And the earth he has given to the sons of men. So if he's going to operate on the earth in anyone's life. Man must give him the right in the place of prayer. Take your spiritual disciplines more seriously. And it's a decision. If you think you will feel like taking your spiritual discipline seriously. You are joking. It will never happen. It will never happen. Number two is fasting. Talking about your spiritual disciplines that you need to take seriously now. Prayer, number one. Fasting, number two. Jesus said this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Some things will never happen in your life except you fast. Jesus has not fasted for you. you know, people believe that Jesus is praying for them. When he himself said pray. <laughs> you are now saying he's praying for you. Baba mimo, He's not praying for you. You pray for yourself. Mm. Fasting. Matthew 17 verse 21. He said this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. Joel chapter 1 and verse 14. He says sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land. Into the house of the Lord your God. He says and cry unto the Lord. Did you see that? Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants. He says, and cry unto the Lord. Fasting. If you don't want your life to be slow, fast. The reason things are dragging is because you are eating too much. You are not disciplined to skip a meal. You will not die. Nobody dies from hunger. Science has proven that. If you stay off food for days, you will not die. I remember, I think it was sometimes last year, and that thing really, no, it was two years ago, and that thing just really challenged me. Some folks, young guys in, in some college, I think in the UK or US, they said they wanted to do um, a fast. These guys are not Christians. They just wanted to test their body. For seven days. And all they were drinking was water. They were not praying. No. They were just experimenting. <laughs> and they did a vlog. 
Monday out, you know, they were measuring their waistline, you know, how they were losing weight, how they were staying hydrated, going to the gym and not eating. I was just like, amazing. These people are not Christians. They are not even doing this for eternal rewards. They are not doing this for any reason. They are just doing it to experiment. And here I am. Man of God. <laughs> I think it was two years ago. That thing, I was already given to fasting, but that thing changed the trajectory of my fasting life. I was just like, if these people, they are not even leading nothing. They are just college students experimenting. Uh, my destiny is not an experiment. Somebody hear what I'm saying? Some of us have not fasted this year. Even the 12-day fast in January, some of us didn't do it. You say God understands. He also understands that you are going nowhere. Telling you. Because I've told us several times, God will never lift you to a place where your spiritual capacity can sustain. Never. Never. There are certain things many of us are trusting God for, but God knows you can't handle it. And he says he will not allow you to be tempted with the things that you cannot handle. Some of us, some liftings that the things you are releasing your faith for is too big a temptation for you. It's a temptation. You are seeing it as progress, but it's going to be a temptation. It's going to be a temptation. You that you have 100k in your account, you're already misbehaving. Lori, 100k. On 100k, you are misbehaving. Somebody tries to get your attention. She says, hey, oh, leave me, leave me, leave me. You are, you are calculating. <laughs> 15 minutes on 100k. Send the Buy this one. Buy on 100k. If you see 100 million, you will just run mad. You will first sit down. <laughs> you go and take a shower, you will come back. Is this you there? <laughs> it's so much temptation. You can't do 100k. It's not 100 million you are trusting God for. You are jumping levels. It's too much of a class. You can't be reading PhD book if you have not passed junior work. You, you are jumping levels. Another spiritual discipline is the study of God's word. There are many non-Bible reading believers in our generation. So many praying believers, but when you see the, hear the prayer point of some people, you will know they are not reading Bible. You will just know. And there is no word content in this. Because your prayer cannot be effective if you are not studying the word. It says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do the things written therein. It says, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Spiritual disciplines. Another spiritual discipline you must decide to prioritize this year is fellowship with the saints. Coming to church is not for the jobless. And coming to church will not always be easy. If you only come to church when it is convenient, you are not a serious Christian. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm. Many of the things you do, are they convenient? When you go to work, is it every day you feel like going to work? No. For many Mondays, how many of us are excited? Ah, is another. If that happens, not all the time. Sometimes Tuesday you wake up after getting home 11 p.m. You wake up again 5 a.m. to get ready. You're like, ah, I'm going again. But you go. Because discipline is the hallmark of adulthood. You don't feel like doing, doing it, but you do it all the same. Because you know you've got to do it. And in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, is one of the instructions God gave us. He says, don't forsake the gathering together of the believers. As the manner of some is. 
already said it as the habit of some is he said especially as you see the day of the return of christ approaching i know those days are closer than ever and it is becoming habitual for some people not to prioritize fellowship online streaming is not for you if you can be in church are you hearing what i'm saying i'm gonna say i'm online church member like what's that you can only be online church member if you can't make it physically some people maybe because of their jobs Maybe they do shift jobs or for reasons, you know, um, they, they are not able to fellowship in their local church. So they have that option. I can't just say every day I'm streaming online, I'm streaming online. Jesus died for you online. Jesus is a virtual Jesus. People don't like to hear these things, but it's just the truth. That's why you say, if we are not careful, we'll soon enter apostasy. Just realize that the convictions you used to have, very soon your convictions are just dying out. You begin to give excuses. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. The Bible says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. You see, another spiritual discipline is generosity. Generosity. Scripture says in Luke 6 and verse 38, I believe, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. It says, Good measure, present, shaken together and running over. In Psalms 126, it says those that sow in tears, they will reap in joy. Generosity is not a matter of convenience. It's a matter of lifestyle. Every giving will not be convenient. It's a spiritual discipline. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every giving will not be convenient. Every, especially as God begins to increase you. You know there are some amount of money is easy to tight. That's what I'm talking about. You can easily tight 10K. 100K, still easy. 200K. 1 million. Then begin to see 100, 10 million. You now bring a calculator. What's the title of 10 million? There is no need for calculator. It's the same thing. Just knock out one zero. As simple as that. I say, ah, God, this money. <laughs> Before, there was no question one when the title was 100 naira. When it was 1,000. Generosity is generosity. It's either you are or you are not. Another decision you need to make you need to decide to fulfill your dreams, destiny, goals, and purpose. Decide. Decide. I believe many of us have goals for the year. There are things you have told yourself, I'm going to do in this year, 2024. You must decide that those goals will not be the same goals you will set in 2024. I'm sorry, 2025. Decide that those goals, they will become your testimonies. Decide that those expectations will become your manifestations. Now, whatever it is, if it is prayer, I need to pray. I will pray it. If it is fasting, I need to fast. I will fast it. If it is taking a new course, getting a new certification, I'm going to get it. I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, one of my very closest friends last night. And I was telling first lady, I said, I'm so, you know, I'm just so impressed. I was telling me about, some, you know, the business she's into. And now she's getting another certification to expand. So because she can't expand that business until she gets a certification. And she's going to be graduating in March. In a new year. Some people are still clueless about what to do in the year. So clear, what would I do? What would I do? That cluelessness should have been resolved in December. Shouldn't enter the year with you. But even if you are still clueless, you still have 10 more months decide that this year i'm going to, let this year be that year that when you look at your goals list you will tick almost everything off even if you don't tick everything off i'll be able to say i did this i did this i did that and it is not too early to start achieving your goals stop waiting till you know many people wake up in the middle of the year they, ah 
The year is almost over. We're in the middle of the year. They're not start running, start running. What you should have done in 12 months, you're not trying to do in six months. That's why you don't achieve everything. That's why you don't achieve everything. Someone was saying to me, you know, concerning the new campus we're starting during the course of the year, and that's a good place to celebrate God, right? He said, I pastor so fast. I said, what else am I supposed to be doing? Do I have another work? He said, I so fast. I said, February is even late. February is late. You should have started a week immediately after Breakthrough Festival. February is late. Decide to fulfill your goals. Next, decide to be intentional about your relationships. And this one, I'm going to step on some people's toes. Decide to be intentional about your relationships. Man will always remain God's method for getting anything done on the earth. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. Can we have it on the screen, please? Decide to be intentional about your relationships this year. Can we already together want to go? A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Can we have it in another translation? Maybe the NLT? Okay. Give it to me in the NLT. There are friends who destroy each other, but the real... Uh, let me just stick with my King James. <laughs> Some of us, they are changing the real meaning. All right. In the original context, right, what that simply means is that if you are going to have friends, you must be friendly. Let this year be that year you stop all those nonsense excuses. I'm not the calling type. I'm not the visiting type. Who gave you the type? Nobody gave you the type. It's a type you ascribe to yourself. Some of us, the reason you don't have quality relationships in your life is because the quality people in your life are tired of you. They are the ones always calling you. And let me tell you this, nobody is foolish enough to maintain a relationship you are not interested in maintaining. They call you, they say, I'm not the gift-giving type. There are some people now, Valentine is coming. They say, I'm not the gift-giving type. Some people are already giving excuses on why they will not give gifts. Some people are already developing the story of the shalayas. But you too, you shall know. You know. See, some people, this is why some people will become theologians. Where is it in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible that we should celebrate Valentine? Where is it in the Bible that Jesus was born on the 25th of December? It's not in the Bible, but we celebrate Jesus. Because the most important thing is the celebration. When he was born is not our business, but we know he was born. So if it is one day in the year, they say celebrate, and let me tell you this, you don't have to be in a relationship to gift someone something on Valentine's Day. Don't you have parents? You don't have siblings? You don't have a boss that puts food on your table? But some people now, they have given excuses. And every married man, I will ask your wife in this house, if you give them a gift. I will ask you. Trust me, I will ask. Because your pastor, I've done my own. I've done my own. <laughs> First, he was talking with a friend of mine yesterday, and the wife was reporting my friend. You know, was saying, Ah, well, this Valentine. He said, This one, this year, you will buy it. He said, But it's a free will. He said, This one is not free will, it's by force. <laughs> he will buy this one. Ah, uh, let's start teaching. If it's by force, buy it first by force until you get used to it. And ladies, too, don't say it's ladies that need to collect. When did you become a collector, a trash can? Just collecting, 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 collecting. That's why a lot of men don't respect the women in their lives. Because you have been trained to only collect. He says, the one that loved me. No, you loved each other. That's why you married. It's a two-way street. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So prioritize your relationship. Decide to maintain your relationship this year. By giving. By not always staying in your house. Don't say, I'm, just, I'm the indoor type. What's that? I'm the indoor type. Some of you, you have friends. You don't even know where they live. You don't know where they live. You are not friends. A friend whose house you don't know is not a friend. You are only deceiving yourself. I hear what I'm saying. Your boss may not know where you live. Your pastor may not even know where you live. Imagine if I'm visiting everybody in this church now. That has become my job. I've become a visitor, not a pastor. I'm visiting everybody every week. I don't have work again. But there are people here that you should know where you live. I know where all the leaders live. I know where the ministers live. They should know where their own people they are leading, where they live. That's how we should be. I say, I'm not the physicist type. In your future, you will be very lonely. I can assure you that. And many things that have not happened in your life because you don't have the relationship it takes to bring it into your life. Because everything God will do in your life, He will bring it through the vehicle of men, through the vehicle of human beings. So decide that in this year, you are going to be intentional about your relationships. Number six, decide to seek and follow wise counsel. Decide to seek and follow wise counsel. Proverbs 11 and verse 14, the Bible says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. This year, don't be doing things by yourself. You have been using your own intelligence and things are not working out. Why don't you seek counsel? Why don't you seek counsel? You want to take a step you have never taken before. Why don't you seek counsel? Why don't you just do that? What will it cost you to just ask for someone else's opinion? Someone more mature than you, someone more spiritual, someone older. When I mean older, not in age, but in experience and in wisdom. How will it just cost you? Some people are so much in love with their opinions that they would rather die in failure than get someone else's opinion. They just want to say, ah, it's my idea, it's my idea. What has your idea produced? Decide to seek and follow wise counsel. And let me tell you this, wise counsel will not come for you. You are the one that will go after it. And last but not the least for this morning, decide to be a kingdom addict. Decide to be a kingdom addict. Decide to be a kingdom addict. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says, and every other thing will be added unto you. Every other thing. The kingdom of God must be priority to you. You see, this needs to be drummed in the ears of the comfort-seeking 21st century believer. That everything we do as believers must first be for God, for kingdom, and for duty. The average Muslim knows when I become rich, I must build a mosque. That's how you know a most rich Muslim man that is a serious Muslim. You see a mosque. The average Christian today does not occur to them that as God lifts you, the kingdom is part of that lifting. This is the year that you must, you must have a reorientation. I hear what I'm saying. That many of the things God channels into your life, oh, it has gone down now. The voice has gone down. I know you are not used to hearing this, but I'll say it all the same. Praise the Lord. Uh, the average person just doesn't get into our consciousness. It doesn't get. You see, anytime God brings a windfall of resources into my life, I'm always asking that God, what is this for? What's this for? Especially if it's not something I planned for. Why did this come? Why? There must be a reason. And there are times when God has said, No, 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 it's for you. Just have a good time. <laughs> I say, Oh, have a good time. I know how to do that. <laughs> but sometimes He just says, No, this is the reason. Or sometimes you just say, Keep it. I'll let you know what it's for later on. Later on. God can give you certain instructions if you are not even interested in his kingdom. He can't. He can't. Oh, Father, we thank you this morning. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. 
we thank you lord for the seed of your word that's been sown in our hearts we thank you father because your word says the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our god abides forever we have heard your word this morning we ask that the grace will be a doer of the same let it be released alongside this morning i want everyone to talk to god i want us to ask for the grace to make the right decisions grace to make the decisions that will give us right outcomes ask god for the wisdom to make the right decisions remember there is a way that seems right unto a man but the hand is a way of destruction ask God for the wisdom to know what to do to see the outcomes of your decision even in the immediate oh father we receive wisdom this morning wisdom to make better choices wisdom to make wiser decisions wisdom to prioritize our relationship with you wisdom to follow your guidance in everything that we do wisdom to recognize destiny connections and the wisdom to maintain those relationships we receive in the name of Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus for in Jesus name we have prayed amen on the authority of God's word and as the privileged shepherd over this house I decree and declare over everyone that has made the sacrifice that in this year 2024 every decision made that can affect you will be in your favor in the name of Jesus your sacrifice will speak for you your sacrifice will stand you out like Solomon by reason of your sacrifice God will give you things you expect and things you need but have not asked for your sacrifice will place you above your contemporaries by reason of your sacrifice let the limitations that may be around you be forever taken off by reason of your sacrifice you shall be marvelously held by God helpers will arise for you in places of influence in places of power this year 2024 will be different for you you will be remembered in places that matter everything you sacrifice will be restored let every struggle come to an end every career struggle every financial struggle i decree and declare by reason of your sacrifice let the struggles come to an end whatever has defied your prayers will not be able to defy your sacrifice this year you will excel you will stand out you will be seen you will be heard you will be honored everything you are looking for will speedily find you this year men will come to your head men will come to your assistance you will never be stranded men will bring to you everything you need this year the things that have cost you tears and pain will cause you joy in this year 2024 you have had people share testimonies your testimony will be the next your testimony will be the biggest this year you will experience angelic interventions in your work in your family in your finances you will have no regrets in the name of Jesus this year you will enjoy God's care this year you will enjoy God's attention that which was a sacrifice for you this year will be your least in the next week to five days in your life prophecies will become a reality this year you will take territories you will gain new grounds this year you will make noticeable progress this year God will give you your home 
every of your heart desires God will exceed this year every of those expectations I decree and declare before the first quarter of this year ends God will bring everything to pass speed in the achievement of those expectations in the name of Jesus I decree and declare your sacrifice will speak your sacrifice will answer in the name of Jesus your sacrifice will speak your sacrifice will answer in the name of Jesus and I decree and declare this is the least you will ever be in the name of Jesus as I've said it so shall it be in Jesus name amen and amen let's celebrate the Lord Jesus